What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. Today, I've got the winner of our 500K challenge before Flip Hacking Live. So before Flip Hacking Live, we did a contest. We had a winner, somebody who raised over $2 million. And on today's show, he's going to show, he's going to talk about how he did it, some of his background, what he's doing, but some of the tips that he got for, um, for how he was able to raise that much money. And I really enjoyed talking to uh, my guest today. He, he is a really awesome guy. He uh, jumped into our runway program, had an amazing time at Flip Hacking Live, and I am uh, really proud of what he did in the 500K Challenge and what he's going to accomplish going forward. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and my guest today is Ralph Rivera. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, we are back with another show. I'm really, really excited today. We um, actually, my guest today was supposed to be a speaker at Flip Hacking Live. We got like way behind. We had moved him to day three. He like had to leave a little bit early. And then I was like, let's bring you on the podcast. I really want to figure out how we can change your guys' belief and mindset, especially about raising money. So the show we're going to have for you guys today is talking about how you can raise money, like a lot of money. And my guest today during our 500K challenge before Flip Hacking Live raised millions of dollars. So he's going to tell you how he did it. And I'm, I'm really excited about you guys hearing it from somebody else, not just from me. So because I, I hear a lot of people come up to me all the time. Oh, yeah, you can do it because you've been flipping houses, wholesaling houses for a long time. You have a podcast, you have an email list, you have events, you have all this stuff. So of course, people think that you're authority and you're credible in the industry. So they'll lend you money, but they won't lend me money because I've never flipped a house before. I'm just getting started or I've never raised money or all these things. So today we're going to squash that together with my guest. Uh, today I have on the show Ralph Rivera. How are you, Ralph? Very good, Bill. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you, get to know you a little bit better. And honestly, like selfishly, I'm interested to hear how you raised a bunch of money. So uh, before we get into that, can you just kind of give everybody a background, who you are, maybe a little um, history in real estate or whatever, kind of like how you got started? All right. Um, I'm located in the New York area, Long Island. It's a suburb of the city. Uh, Suffolk County. Uh, I got started in real estate. I was originally a property manager in Manhattan and in the boroughs. So I managed at the peak of my career, 10,000 units, 140 buildings at one point. Wow. So, you know, I was pretty familiar with systems and buildings and, you know, in the mechanical end of it. So uh, I decided at one point, I really liked real estate. My wife was an agent at one point. She needed help. So I went and got my broker's license to help her out. And uh, I just fell into it, started liking real estate. And then my corporate job became kind of dissatisfying because the guy I worked for actually passed away and some family members took over who weren't the same caliber of people. So I wound up switching jobs and, and I wasn't really satisfied anymore with it, you know, with the grind and, and going through that. So I started to branch out a little bit into trying to find out how to flip houses. And, you know, I dabbled a little bit. Uh, then eventually got involved with the local RIA, which was probably the best thing I ever did. And then from there, I had met a mentor who took me from flipping houses to actually owning a business, to be honest with you. You know, kind of straightened out what I was doing. I mean, it, it, and it was rough, too, because, you know, I carry a big debt load. You know, I live in New York. Everything's expensive. You know, definitely the price points are different. 
and it, it was scary, you know, it just, and then eventually, like I said, I flipped the house here, had a little success, you know, did a couple, did a little bit better, but then, you know, one time I had really big success, and then I skinned my knees a couple of times, it took a couple of haircuts, um, so, you know, it went the whole gambit. So I've been involved in real estate for over 30-something years in general between the management end of it, and I've been actively investing, I'm going to say the past five years, probably full, not full-time, I still have a W-2 because I need the health benefits, obviously, because I'm not 20 anymore. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and, and then it just grew. I wound up buying rentals, and it just snowballed into, you know, getting to where I'm at now, but I need to go a little bit further. But like everybody else probably on this program, I definitely had my doubts and definitely, you know, struggled a little bit with self-confidence and, and being able to do some of the things now that I do that are just, it's almost second nature. And I take it for granted, which is terrible because it took me a long time. It took me a while to get to where I'm at, you know, and, I'm, and I got to be honest with you, you know, I mean, I started with nothing, got to where I'm at. Um, I had unfortunate events when I was younger. My father was murdered and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff that I did, I had nobody to catch me, right? There was no safety net. So I think when you have that, it makes you a stronger person because that helped my mom and everything. So just from younger, I just had that drive just to do better. And like I said, I've taken, I've taken my beatings. You know, I've made my mistakes because I'm a little thick-headed, you know, and want to do things my way. And you know, you pay people to tell you what to do, and then you don't listen. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the journey. You know what goes on. Yeah, I can. We could do a whole show on that. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people do. They do that. They they pay somebody. They join something. They join a program, and they then they they listen to like five other podcasts or five other YouTube videos, and they're just like, "Well, I actually think that I know. I'll do a little bit of this and and a lot of this other stuff." And I just I, when I when I joined Seven Figure Flipping as a as a student, right? I was a I was a member before I bought the company, um, I got to the point where I was like, Andy McFarlane has an amazing business, an incredible life. If he tells me to do something, I'm just going to do it. But in the beginning, I was pushing back too. I was like, ah, that, I don't think that I can do that. I don't know that I should. And finally, when I broke down that wall after just probably like a couple weeks or a month, I just started saying, all right, like, I'm just going to listen because I, 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 I really don't know anything. What's that? I wish it was a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And it changed. Like even now, it, you know, as, as I do new things, try new things. Um, I'm quicker to realize that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm quicker to realize the fact that I just need to, I need to let the person that, that knows what they're doing. Silly, silly example. But this morning, um, I was playing pickleball. So Justin Williams showed me this game pickleball, started playing it over the past, you know, month or so. And there was a woman there that was really good and she, she agreed to play with us and she's giving me tips. And so I could be like, ah, like, I'm not going to do that. Like it, it is the, the paddle was uncomfortable. The, the, the tips were something that I, it's not natural for me, but I was like, she's better than me. So I just need to shut up and listen and try. And then every time I wouldn't do it, she would see it. And she's a coach. She's like, Hey, you need to bring your paddle up. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I could just get frustrated and angry, but I was like, she knows what she like. She's way better than me. So I'm just going to shut up and listen. I wasn't paying her yet, but it's like, it was great, you know? And so everywhere in our life, I think we need to do that. Um, so what does your business look like now? Like, are you flipping houses and, and places in Manhattan or are you outside no, of the city? I'm, like, I'm outside the city. I'm probably 40 miles, 42 miles outside of Manhattan. So I'm in the suburbs. Uh, okay. I'm on Long Island. So I'm flipping houses out there. I, you know, I did houses in the Bronx and stuff when I first started because I lived there. So it was, you know, 
it was it was easier. And uh, you know, I made the mistake of having a huge success on the first house and thinking that you know you made 150 grand, and then now you just think that you know that's the norm. So I did a house, and then figured later on I'd go back and do another one when I needed money again, you know, and didn't quite work out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm out in the suburbs, so I'm like in Nassau and Suffolk County. If anybody's familiar okay. with Long Island. Yeah, and what's what's a typical what's a typical deal look like uh, that you're doing right now, and about how many per year? Okay, uh, the best year I had was twelve, was one a month. I'm down. I kind of cut that back because I'm a one man show, and that's, I joined actually Runway to try to figure out how to stop doing that. But um, I do. I'm going to say I, I average probably the least I probably do is six a year, right? As far as flips go, but uh, the price have obviously escalated. I mean when the, when the inventories were low, prior to that, I was doing houses that I was purchasing at like three hundred thousand dollars and selling for like four fifty, five hundred. Now I'm buying houses at over half a million dollars and selling them, you know, in the mid to high sevens, you know, sometimes yeah. low eights. You know, that's right now. I have all the money that I raised is actually deployed right now because I have, um, be sure, I got five projects running right about now. Nice. That's great. Okay. So that, that gives everybody that's listening a, a bit of an idea because some people might be in a, you know, they're buying for $50,000, putting 30 into it and selling it for 150 or something. And then there's people in other areas. So everybody's got to raise like a little bit different amounts of money just to, so you can kind of like normalize it for your market now, knowing what Ralph's doing and, and the amount of money that he needed to raise for his projects. Right. Um, okay. So first of all, how did you find like us, the 500 K challenge, all that stuff? And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, I was big. I was, I'm very big into, you know, just trying to expand my knowledge of what's going on. And I just happened to see a, a YouTube video pop up of you. And I actually started to follow you guys, um, started to follow you. And I liked a lot of the content that came out. And then you came up with the challenge I saw it on Facebook. And I had actually read your book and I wanted to go to Flip Hacking Live, which turned out to be a really big thing for me. Um, and then from there, it, I just followed you and then I just joined the challenge to say, okay, let me see what I can do. Let me see. It's easy. How can they put it? It's easy to do the things. It's just as easy not to do things as it is to do things, right? Mm. So I'm not held accountable if I'm not forced or I'm not pushed. Me and I do everything. It's easy just to let the things fall by the wayside. So I figured once I joined like a challenge or something, it actually puts my feet to the fire. It makes me follow a regiment. And, and gets me down to doing things that I probably normally wouldn't do. Because the Facebook thing, getting on there live videos, definitely, obviously you look at my generation, eh, we didn't grow up with it. So it almost, you know, it, it's very difficult to do because sometimes you feel like you're bragging even though you're trying not to. You're trying to give people content to show, to say, hey, listen, I'm an average guy and I did this, you can do it too. But, you know, it, it's still a, a comfort zone thing that I had to break out of and that's why I figured if I joined something like you guys had, that would actually, you know, make me do that. And it did. Yeah. So I, I like that. The the whole concept, I so I, I have a mentor of mine, a marketing uh, guy named Russell Brunson. I went to his event. Uh, it's It just happens to be called Funnel Hacking Live. It was like three, I think it was three years ago. And I was there at this event. It was a four-day event about marketing, digital marketing and coaching and stuff like that. And he, uh, he says, Hey, I want everybody here to go live for the next 30 days on, on whatever face, whatever social media right. channel you want, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I don't think TikTok was a thing yet. It's like YouTube, whatever, LinkedIn. Right. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I've I don't even know how to hit the live button. This is just like three years ago. 
And um, so I was like, okay, well, he told me to do it. So now I have somebody to like, to blame for what I'm doing. And I started doing it. I, I don't know if you can see there's a fly in here. It's driving me nuts. Um, it's like, uh, I was, so I just started going live. I, I remember that first video. I was at the Gaylord Opry Land Hotel in Nashville going live. I was like right on a bridge. I can remember, I, I had no idea what I was doing or what I say. I didn't know anybody's going to listen or watch it or anything like right. that. And so I just, I did. And then for 30 days after that, we had our first cruise for seven figure flipping right after that. Um, it was, that was, so that was February, that was February, 2020. So it was, it was like two and a half years ago. It wasn't even three years ago. Right. And, um, and I just got like over time, I just got more and more comfortable. More and well, more that's, comfortable. What that's what that happens. I, I did the same thing. You know, the first time I'm hitting a button, I think I'm just seeing my eyes. I don't even think he saw my face, <laughs> you know, I'm all over the place and I'm like, ah, and I, you know, and inside in my head, I'm going, I really don't want to do this as I'm doing it. And, you know, like I said, every day, then I had a couple of friends who actually, that from my corporate job that knew me that I helped out over the years, you know, calling me and say, Ralph, I saw your videos, you know, maybe think about doing this. And, you know, and it's people who I know who are criticizing me, but not to hurt me. So which was a really big thing for them to reach out. And I and I was thinking about it, it takes a lot of courage to get to talk to somebody and say, listen, dude, you're doing this wrong. You got to do this. You got to do this. This will make you better. Come on, you know. So, I, you know, I had to respect what they were doing. And, and over a few days, you could t even my brother called me and said, listen, I could see you're getting more comfortable in front of the camera and you're doing it and all that. So it, it definitely, the repetition does definitely add, you know, definitely get you more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's true in anything, isn't it? Like when you first start something, you don't know what you're doing and you got to get your confidence from somewhere. So it's nice that actually that you were getting reached out to. And I love your mindset of like, it, it, it takes courage for you to do what you're doing, but it also takes courage for them to reach out um, and, and let you know, give you some tips and some ideas because, you know, they don't want to criticize you. I have I have friends that are like, oh, you're doing another challenge again. You're you're going yeah. live for the next 30 days. Kind of give me some crap. But yeah. like, honestly, we just we have given each other crap our entire lives growing up. So I shouldn't well, expect anything yeah. less, you know, yeah, which is well, like I said, you know, it was, like I said, I have the people who reached out. You know, I normally have good conversation. Like I said, we give each other, you know, we push back and forth with each other. But then to, to Rich actually to go out there and then over the next few days started to critique and say, Ralph, you're getting better. You know, the lighting's better. This is better. You know, all things that I, as a person at my age, I'm just worried about the business, you know, not really thinking because social media is not really my thing. You know, I don't want everybody yep. to know what I do every five minutes. You know, it's not really how I was brought up. Yep. Um, but yeah, but it works, though. It definitely works. So, so that, that's the concept that I used. I took that 30 days that he kind of took me out of my comfort zone. And I said, Hey, I, you know, we, I've been talking about raising money for a very long time, but I hadn't really put anything together. I was like, what if we could use something like this and bring it into a challenge? So if you're listening, obviously the challenge is, it is a 30 day, like live video, but that's just like days, one, day one's homework. There's 29 yeah. extra days of homework on top of that. So it's like, that is just a piece of it. So a lot of people will just go live for 30 days. And um, by the way, you don't have to buy the challenge to go do that. So, but the strategies and all the other videos and all the other trainings, uh, that's where I think the, the real gold is inside this challenge of putting it together to say, like, here's some ways that you can get better. Here's some different ideas on your videos. Here's some, um, some other ways to find private lenders, these kind of things outside of that. This is somebody who watched it. Like, did people like it? Are you reaching out to them? Do they have referrals? There's a whole, whole bunch of stuff like under the iceberg that you don't see that I would encourage you guys if you haven't, um, if you haven't 
haven't done it to check it out. So you started doing your videos. Just tell me the story. Like what, what did you think about this beforehand? Did you have like a goal to raise a certain amount of money? Um, it, what, what were some of the changes very like early on in this challenge that, that, that changed in your mindset of what's possible? Um, I am by nature a little competitive. So mm. once you put it up there, I want to do more than 500 and you know, I knew I had to do things to put things in place to move quick, right? Because 30 days isn't really a huge amount of time to raise money. Um, what I did have going for me is that prior, I had done some of the stuff, some of the steps that you had mentioned inside the challenge I had previously done. Like I have a credibility package that I put together, look that, you know, that I send, you know, when I meet with people. So some of the steps were already in place. So my biggest thing was, okay, I got to get this in motion. How do I, you know, capitalize on everything that I know? And as we're going through the challenges, how do I grab the people and, and who are the people who are most able to commit to doing stuff? Right. So, it, you know, it's, so it kind of got me geared up and focused because I'm really good at if I'm focused at something and I put the time into it, I could probably figure it out and get it done, you know. Um, but everybody knows sometimes you're not focused, right? I'm bouncing all over. So it just changed my mindset to focus on raising the capital to say, hey, listen, you know, you want to go there, you know, this this is the goal, this is the 500000 And here we have, I think I had a little bit more of an advantage than other people because the price point here is so high. The expectations from private lenders isn't to lend me twenty grand. Not saying that I don't get $20,000 lenders or 25000 but usually people who want to put money to work know that it's going to be a dollar amount that's, you know, pretty significant. It's usually not. So like other parts of the country, I know that somebody may buy a house, like you said, for 150000 So what do they have to raise? You know, if they raise 500000 that's really good for them because it gets a lot of product. For me, I got four houses and I got over $2.3 million out on the street already. And it's only out of the four out of the six that I got. You know, so I got some hard land. So I knew... I had a little bit of an advantage and then I had to start to arrange. I knew I had to do things systematically to say, okay, what's my best chance for success? And during the challenge, you put out the, the whole thing about buckets and different people in different levels. And that made me think right away. I said, okay, I can't really nurture people on the bottom. I could do that, but that's going to take a while. So they're not my captured audience. You know, it's the people who are really sophisticated or the people who want to get involved. So those are the people that I concentrated on. You know, I made a list of some people, you know, being coming from the rear and stuff like that. Can, can you explain that a little bit, like the different buckets that, that I talked about? Yeah. You had people who are, who, okay, the first level is people who really don't understand real estate investing, want to get involved. You could probably get them at a very low rate because they're there, but it takes a long time to nurture them for them to understand the process and get involved. And they have to see, feel, and touch and, and go through that process, which... In the challenge, I did do some of that. I can get to that a little bit later. Then the second bucket was people who expect a return on their money, know what's going on, and they're not really looking to rape you. And then it goes to the top level of people saying, okay, listen, you want my money. This is going to cost you. You can have it tomorrow. But obviously for the speed and the, and the convenience of it, it's going to be a little bit more expensive and a little bit more painful. Yeah, I totally agree with what you said. The the entry level people are usually like warm network, friends, family, those kind of things. But friends, family who like aren't very financially savvy. They're not like they, if you said this is a point, 
and there's origination fees and they'll be like, what are you talking about? If you, if you offered this person 15% interest, they would think that it, you're a scam. Like they're, they got their money in CDs. They got their money in their own bank account. They, they have somebody else that manages their money. Usually like they're just not the people who are like looking at stock trading, thinking about investments, been investing their whole life. They're kind of weary of like too high of interest. It's, it's my, it's my in-laws, it's my uh, aunts and uncles and, and cousins and stuff like that. Maybe my brothers and sisters, those kind of things. Um, and they already usually have some trust in you, but, but it's going to take longer to get that. Like you said, right. you in, the middle, I, I love the middle. The middle is an area where I really like, because these are people who, who are used to getting like probably somewhere between I don't know five to eight percent returns in the stock market. They're, they they understand finances. You don't have to educate them a ton. Um, they want to get involved. They just want to make better returns. They are really thinking about their financial future and becoming you know financially free in the long run. They they're interested in partnering to make more money and uh, and they're usually a little bit faster. And then and like I, you said, go ahead. And I tap them because a lot of in, in this area anyway. The biggest thing that I found is that a lot of people who are in that level, right, either are they have self-directed IRAs or they're willing to do that, which is the biggest tap that I've gotten. Most people who lend me, it's from some kind of an IRA, right, a self-directed IRA, and they're not used to getting payments and they're used to, you know, the returns being a little bit lower because it's safer. So there's a lot of advantages to, tap, you know, going after those type of people. And so why do you think those people are easier to convert than somebody who has like, I, I don't know, uh, money in their bank account or, or stock market, stuff like that? For, for two reasons. One, I think people with money in like in self-directed IRAs, they're not really doing anything with it, right? They're sitting there watching it and it's not their day-to-day -day finances, right? So if you borrow $25,000, right, or a little bit amount, but they need that in two months or three months from now and it doesn't come back, they're panicked. Right. So their whole mindset is different than somebody who's at a level that's got money parked somewhere because it's not making as much. And they see an opportunity to say, OK, let me take a portion of that and put it to work here and let me see how that works out. And if it does, then a bigger portion comes to me because that's how it's been in the past. You know, you, you do right yeah. by them and then it just it just starts to come. Yep, they're going to test you out for a deal or two, and then next thing you know, they they just randomly found like two million dollars. Yeah, um, I can only get fifty thousand this time. Oh, I got six hundred. Do you need it? <laughs> yep, that's uh, same thing with us. A lot of our apartment syndication, we work with some family offices and things like that for apartments, and we'll have we'll have somebody come in for, with fifty k, and then the next deal they're like, oh, here's three hundred. Like, I love your communication style. I love the updates. I love the way that you guys did business. You do right by them the first time, even though you haven't like sold that property. They've only been in for a couple months. Then they're adding more and more and more. And so I, a lot of my lenders started small and now have, you know, 500,000, a million with us, things like that, and just more and more and more. And as we compound their money, they're giving it back to us and back to us, which is really a good sign. One thing that I'll say about the IRAs and 401k is that I think people, um, like if you're really trying to build this and grow a, a money raising business, like you're really looking at it, like I need to raise money, is if you can become knowledgeable uh, on IRAs and 401ks and things like that. And you can, you can figure out how to be the go-to person, even in your RIA or locally or, or online or, or build a, build a landing page and opt-ins and stuff like that. Like really, if you do that, it's powerful. I think I talked about on the challenge. Um, I became the guy who knew the most inside of our mastermind on IRAs and 401ks. I studied it. I talked about it. I trained on it. I, I, converted my money. I did it first and then I could help other people do it. Um, and when I did that, people would point their lenders to me to say, Hey, if you have an IRA, like 
I don't understand it, but this guy over here does. And I'm like, <laughs> what's happening right now? It was yeah. just a, a great funnel for me to be the, the IRA guy inside the mastermind group, inside of like a lot of the trainings that I did and the, and the knowledge and understanding. And so I could say like, if you really take that even further, it's like writing a book on that or, or writing a blog on it or talking about it more and do just can be consistent training on it. You'll attract a ton of people that are like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah. And so you'd be surprised at how many people don't know about it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. that, that's, that was the big thing, which surprised me. Or think it's a scam, like me included, like me included. In the beginning, I remember when I moved my money over to my self-director, my friend was talking to me about it. I was flipping my second house and my friend was telling me about it. He's like, you don't have, like you're flipping houses, you don't have a self-directed IRA. I said, I have actually have a lot of money in my IRA. It's all in the stock market. And I was like, I don't know, like it kind of, I've, I don't, is it a real thing? Like, are they FDIC insured? Is the bank, is it like, it just see, I, I don't know, this seems weird. And it took me a year to move my money over. And I feel like I, I've been like knowledgeable about finances my whole life, but Wall Street has brainwashed me and everybody else to think that that's the only way, the stock market is the only way. So yeah. if you can like unlock some of those people, the other thing that you mentioned that I think is really smart is, they they have a lot of money in there. Not a lot of people have, you know, $500,000 in their bank account. It's tied up in their house, their cars, their their like loans, like all kinds of stuff. Like they're, most of their assets are in a retirement account a lot of times if they save in their whole life. And they don't need it, just like you said. So you don't even need to make payments to it monthly usually. They'll take a balloon because they don't care. They're like, you can put it back in there, but I, I can't do anything with a thousand dollars a month or fifteen hundred dollars a month. And yeah, so for me, that's big. That's huge. big because I got right now. Just think about it. I, I got over two million dollars out, and the average payment's like four to five thousand dollars a month. That's you know that's a lot of money, and I'm yeah. able to float it because they take balloon payments. Exactly. And, and but if you if you came to me, which I'm in that type three bucket of you know, two points, 12%, maybe 1.15% interest, maybe probably going up now that the banks are, you know, doing higher interest loans. And I want to make a big return on my money. I want monthly payments because I want, I want my monthly payments coming in regular because when I go out and get a loan, I need to show that I'm getting monthly payments. Like my loan portfolio, hard money loan portfolio is an asset to me if I'm getting monthly payments. Otherwise it just doesn't look like it looks like I have a lot of money out, but I'm not making any money. So me, what? when I go to banks and, and I need to see, go get financing, I need to show them that I got, this thing is producing cash flow for me, just right. like an apartment would. Or, a, or I, have to do, I have to do that when I, I have people who use their HELOC. So they yep. get it at 4%, giving it to me at 10. So I, I got to pay the monthly payments and, and that's fine. You know what I mean? I have to have a mix to be balanced. But if it's all too much one, you know, if it's all too much on payments, then I couldn't do, I couldn't do multiples. I'd have to do one at a time. Yeah, or you have to raise more money to be able to make those payments. Like you have to overraise. I, I recommend well, I raise like 105 to 110% of your deals. You do that because you forget about insurance, taxes, right. uh, utilities, like all this little- two here through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah, we had a, uh, so I'll talk to you about, we had a, a great guy from New York and I remember looking at his numbers going, oh my gosh, you get eaten alive by these lawyers, these uh, these taxes, these fees, these clo your closing costs are like an extra 10% on top of any deal I've ever done, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, I just did a deal that I presented to um, to a real estate association. And I mean, I made 60 grand on it, but my closing costs in and out and my holding costs were $50,000. Yeah. And the, city, like, wow. the city must love you, like absolutely love you. You should be able to do whatever you want in that town, city. You're paying so much taxes. It's crazy. 
So, okay, let's talk, let's talk tactics. So you, you went out and um, what are some things that you did that you saw success from? Like what, and, and first of all, how much money did you raise? And what are some of the things that you attribute that, that were either uniquely yours or things that you pulled from the challenge that really helped you? Okay. I raised a little over 2.3 million. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I had a couple more in, on standby too, to be honest with you. I didn't want to kind of like do all that. Um, one of the things that I did is because I belong to a local career and I've been there for years, I do a lot of presentations, like I said. So the first thing I did is we, we just happened to have a meeting. And what I did is I had one of my projects that I was doing. So the first thing I did was invite a bunch of people to walk through my project when I bought it. And then now, you know, during the demo phase and all that. And in that interim, when people, and I've done this in the past, when people are able to see, feel, touch, be part of it and feel like they don't want to, they want, don't want to take the risk, but they do, right? They don't have the courage to do it, but they see somebody doing it. That's how I started to draw people in. And then obviously, because I had been around for years, they know I'm not a fly by night guy who's going to take their money and disappear. Obviously, I had a very good reputation with the, the guy who runs the rear and plus the people there. So that's what I started to do to bring people in. And all of a sudden people are excited. You know, I got another project going. I got this lined up. You know, do you want, you know, if, if you're interested, you know, this is how you can get involved. And little by little, that spread quickly. The younger guys who really wanted, I had guys that parents had just sold their house, money just sitting there, and they didn't know what to do, and they had relocated. So, you know, I got one guy go, okay, Ralph, I'll give you 150000 Another guy say, Ralph, you know, I've been watching you for years. I'll give you 200000 you know, because I'm trying to raise money. And that's how a lot of that snowballed into it, you know, and that that and the fact that, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm local, I'm stable. I've been around for a long time. You know, I have very good reputation with people here. Um, even when I borrowed small amounts of money in the beginning, you know, I've had attorneys lend me money. I've had, you know, I've had a lot of higher level people that have vouched for me as far as my credibility goes and what I do and, and the type of because there was a deal years ago I lost like 30 grand on and I had to come to closing with 30,000 you know and you, and when people go to borrow money especially here you know you talk to attorneys you know they're gonna lend money they're gonna do this and the attorney who happened to be the person that was at the closing with me and knew what I had to do he said Ralph most guys just tell the people hey listen you know you're not getting your 30 grand you know here's your principal back your interest is done he said but you brought it I said, well, I, you know, I kind of the type of person is I gave my word. This is, you know, people are giving me a lot of money and this is what I'm going to do. And from there, it kind of spread a little bit. That was, you know, a lot of goodwill came out of that. that yeah, I think that's really important. I remember a house in Pensacola I lost $70,000 on. Uh, I talk about it in the book. I, um, I had two private lenders on that. Uh, neither one of them had any idea that I lost money on the house. Yeah. They, they just don't know. And it took, I, I didn't tell that story for probably like two years. They didn't even know until then. And so... Um, one of them was Andy McFarland and the other one was a guy uh, in the military with me and I paid him back with their interest at, at closing, uh, paid off one of the loans ahead of closing and then the other one at closing and they had no idea and they kept becoming private. They kept lending me money, you know? Yeah. And so you can, uh, you can do the right thing there. And fortunately, you know, I had a business built up to the point where it wasn't a huge, I mean, it hurt for sure. You lose 70,000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't the only house I was flipping at the time. So right. we, you know, the other ones kind of helped, uh, help the business get through right. that. I had to write a check myself, but you know, we got through that and then we lost 50 on another 30 on another. And I'm not necessarily proud of all of those, but we've done hundreds and hundreds of houses that made money. So like our percentage of loss is like 
we're like 97% successful. So um, it, it's, it's pretty wild to think about that. So the, the thing that, that, I, that I pulled from you is, is there's, if you have credibility and authority, utilize it. So like Ralph had some credibility and authority in the RIA and he said, hey, this is a good place for me to start and figure out how do I get these people interested. And then, um, so if you're, if you're flipping your first house right now, um, just going, like, like we talked about, using that social media platform is almost like your TV channel. Just go live in there and say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're working on it. Like People want to be involved in that. They're interested. And, um, and then if you've done a project before, show some before and afters. And this is what we do. We do these things. Now, if you're just getting started, I realize Ralph has a background in, in real estate for a long time and has been flipping houses before he did this. If you're just getting started, what I'll recommend to you guys is figure out what you can pull from credibility and authority from what you've done in the past. Whether it's um, your previous job, maybe you managed a bunch of money for the government, as an example, like me. I, I managed the operations and flight schedule for a squadron for years and years and years, which is, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And the airplanes were flying and helicopters were flying are, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollar aircraft. And so, you know, thinking about that and the leadership skills that I have and the project management, my engineering background, like figure out what you can use from your past to, to build credibility in the future. You probably don't have authority yet, but you'll have credibility. And that's really important. And the kind of person that you are, let that shine through what you're doing. And then usually you'll probably have to start with some newer folks, like or people that know you already, know, like, and trust you already, um, or people that are very high interest, like either type one or type three in this world, I think. What were those, uh, the people at the Rio, what were they paying? Um, like, how was the conversation going? Like you, you paying them interest and like, what are they expecting and stuff like that? Well, you know, when I had the conversations, they were asking me, you know, Ralph, what do you normally do? And I'm like, listen, you know, when it comes to this, I'm a 10% guy, right? You get 10% interest. Usually it's a balloon payment. There's no monthly payments. And, uh, you know, it comes with a personal, for me on, on some of these, it comes with a personal guarantee and a promissory note. Unless you're financing the whole project, well, then you get a mortgage, right? Because then I, I can't line you guys up that way. And, and that was some of the questions. Ralph, have you ever had projects go bad? Uh, when you say go bad, what does that mean? You know, like blow up on me? No, never happened. Did I have one where I missed the ARV? Absolutely. Did my investors take the haircut? No, I did. Everybody gets paid before Ralph. That's basically, you know, how I explained it to them. You know, and it, and it became, with people, when you start to tell them the truth and say, listen, you know what? I did have an experience where, you know, hey, listen, it's, it's what it is. Like I said, you're not proud of it. You don't want to brag about it. But if you're anybody who's in this business for any time like yourself and does any type of volume, you're going to get burnt. You're going to make a mistake. You know, you're going to open up a wall or you're going to have some idiot next door call the town on you and, and, and ruin your life. You know, you're just going to, you know, and it happens. So as long as you're honest about it and transparent, I think people read that. You know, I think one of the things that you said in the challenge that hit me, that made me go, on Facebook was say, tell your story. And I never, as stupid as it sounds, I never ever thought of it that way. I was always like, okay, I gotta get the information out there. Let this person know this, let the person know that. With really, you know, a little bit maybe with my style, but not really knowing me. And then when you said, get your story out there, it makes it different because when you kind of personalize it and people know, hey, listen, you know what, I'm here today. I had a problem like today, my day before I got on this with you, I've had a bunch of things go wrong today, right? None of which were wrong yesterday, but when I woke up today, they're all wrong. So do I have a great day every day? No, 
right? It's part of it. And when people start to realize that, that you're normal, right? Because somehow, somehow, some way, when we do this, people seem to put you up here, like in, like in a different light, which I, I never really, I understood when I was the other guy, but I never understood, you know, where I'm at now because I try to be the same person I always was. So, you know, when they start to see that you're real, you know, and you, you know, you have those struggles too. Like you wake up in the morning and you're pissed off because everything went wrong. It's not only them, it's you too. They kind of, you know, I, I think they attach to that. And, and the realistic part of that has gained me a, a bunch of, you know, confidence in, in a bunch of people. And I think that's what came through for me. You said something about Flip Hacking Live. You said, um, it, 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 I forget the exact words that you used, but it was something like it was pretty big for me. Um, what, what do you mean by that? When I went, uh, okay, I over the years, I have seen a bunch of people do a bunch of things, right? You go to these um, gatherings, and a lot of times it's a sellathon, right? So I get pissed. Um, I am a person who likes to give and like to get. And when I go there and all you're looking to do is put your hand in my pocket, I'm done. I, I just, I don't feel that you're trying, really trying to help me advance myself to get to a place that's better for me. I feel like it's always better for you. It's not better for me, right? So I've, I've attended events like that and was very turned off. When I went to Flip Hacking Live, I be, you know, I paid to be a VIP, whatever. And I just circulated through the people who were there. And I got to tell you, the caliber of people that were there were great. I mean, a lot of met, met a lot of people active service and, and retired or whatever. But, and to talk to the people there, a lot of people were doing stuff, right? It wasn't one person or two people. I'm in a crowd of people, you know, I'm having breakfast or having lunch and these people are doing things and I'm talking to them and there's multiple people who are doing it. And a lot of them, some of them didn't, but a lot of them belong to either runway or uh, altitude or whatever. And then when I'm there, I'm looking at and I'm listening to the stories and your speakers come up. And then I met Tyler Jansen on, on a laser coaching session. And just the way it came through, I was impressed, right? It, it felt like you guys were giving. It didn't make me feel like I came there and all you wanted was for me to do, to run me through a funnel and run me into something. And when that hit me, I'm like, you know what? It's a good group of people. You know, the, just the integrity of what was there and the, and just even the people in the audience. I mean, I met a lot. There was a lot of awesome people in there. You know, I may not remember all their names, but I kind of felt like, wow, you know, even your staff, even the, the I mean, everybody I mean that I met was always looking to help and and really was, OK, this is to help you out. And kind of how do we get there? How do we keep you engaged in what's happening so this way you can get the most out of it? I mean, because I had dealt with Ryan Smith, you know, a couple of times, but got to meet him in person. Uh, the guy, Joe from Evergreen, I got to meet. Uh, I got to meet a bunch of people. I even actually said hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just seemed so ah, true. It just rang true for me. That's all. I know, you know, everybody needs to get involved in a group and everything. I know that there's some salesmanship to it. I get it. But I didn't get the feeling that I was just being there for somebody to put their hand in my pocket and get me to an, an end goal that really not sure whether it satisfies my need or their need. You know, I, I didn't feel that I was on the fence a little bit about joining because, you know, I'm trying to retire from a W2 job and trying to make a commitment to get out of that. But, you know, to pay for health benefits, like two, $3,000 a month for me. So for me to give up X amount of dollars a month, 
was a really, really big decision for me to do it. I mean, it may not seem like much to some people, but even though I'm making money, I still have kids, grandkids that I'm taking care of, you know, so I have a big burden on my back. So for me to give up some of that was a, was a really big thing for me. And you guys, uh, you know, when I made that move, I said, okay, listen, commit for the year, do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't go from here to here, then either you make sure you give everything you're supposed to and get out of what you're supposed to get out of it or figure out what, what went wrong. You know, if it was just that the program wasn't right or was it me not participating the way I should. You know, so well, you, did, you, you guys did good for me. I appreciate I you sharing that. The reason I asked that specifically was you were talking about authenticity and vulnerability. And, and so I wanted to kind of hear your experience there because specifically what I've found over the past like four years or so of running this company is the more I can share the downs, the more people realize that like they can do it too. Like it's like you, you mentioned something like the people that you're talking to sharing your story, you, you didn't get up in the morning and everything's perfect and all this stuff. And I feel like a lot of people, not, not just, I'm not just talking about coaches and consultants and I'm not throwing those like pointing the finger at anybody else and throwing them under the bus. But a lot of what we see online now is like the highlight reel. It's like all the really good stuff. And, and if you're out there and you're trying to figure out how to be engaging, how to get people to respond to you, if you look at all of these people that, that are, uh, that are followed and, and in, in like have some like really good influence, like good influence. Right. They are talking about the ups and the downs. You're seeing both sides. You're seeing the inner journey and the outer journey of these folks. Like you're seeing all of it. And, um, and when I started doing that, what I realized is you become like a human being, you become relatable. You, you're, yeah. you become somebody that they can actually see that they, that is possible for them to do. Um, the, the challenge that most of these influencers and people online and, and, and anybody, I mean, I'm talking like actors and sports right. players, like you can't relate to that. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I am not six, nine and like 280 <laughs> pound, all muscle, like linebacker. I, I cannot, I, that's just not something that I can figure out how to do. Right. Um, but what I can do is I can share, like, I can share the ups. I can share the downs. I can share, I can share it all. I, I mean, I'm talking about the stuff that I probably shouldn't be talking about on a podcast. When I started doing that, two of the best sh shows I've ever done is the one where I talked about how I almost lost my family. Um, some of the best feedback I've ever gotten was talking about my struggles in my marriage and what was happening with us and, and just being raw and real with that. And the other one was talking about God and church. Like I came back from church and I, I said, you know what? I feel called to just share this message on, on a show. I came straight to the studio, recorded a podcast and put it out there. I just said, I don't know how that's going to go. And I was really freaking out about it. So I'll tell you, if you can do that on your social media channels, in your life, you will pull so many more people in who are interested in seeing that. That's why like reality TV is so powerful. It's like there's crazy, even though it's scripted, there's crazy stuff. There's, it seems to be like real and raw and vulnerable, even though it's fully scripted. But that's why people like they see their, their not, life's not the only one that's screwed up. Yeah. And that's why well, you, can't the, you know, 23 year old woman who looks perfect because for four hours, it looks like they came into her room in her house to make it look like she just woke up. Like yeah. you can't, you can't relate yeah. to that. It's not real. Yeah. It's fake. Yeah. And you know what, now that you mentioned it, the YouTube channel, I had sore, you did a series of people on how they lost money on different deals. And I think mm. when you did that, that's what made me start to follow you because I was like saying, okay, 
now this guy's telling the truth, right? Mm. This, isn't, this isn't the typical BS, you know what, I've been in it for 45 years and I haven't lost a dime. And, and anybody who tells me that, I'm suspect, right? Maybe you're lucky enough to really be that good. You know, maybe there's guys out there, because listen, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but maybe there's guys out there that are that good, but I'm not. So when I hit, when you hit that chord, I'm like, oh, cow, this guy's really talking. You know, it's reality, you know? And then I, and not only that, I can relate to him and say, listen, you know, I took a beating for 30 grand, 32,000 in the beginning when I really didn't have the money. I had to go borrow for somebody to pay somebody else back just to make sure everybody was 100% and lucky enough that I had people that do that for me. But that was so relatable and, and, and struck a chord with me. I said, okay, this is real. You know, nobody's going to script, oh, I lost 70 grand on my house. You know, mm-hmm. but you, <laughs> people are not going to do that. So th- that definitely helped me along the way too. So I think that's one of the best pieces of advice that we can give for this challenge and anything that you do in life and business. And especially just being authentic, real, vulnerable, and also honest. Like um, if it's your first deal, tell people it's your first deal. Like you don't need to tell a contractor that you've done a hundred deals before and you plan to do a hundred more with them. If it's your first deal, tell them it's your first deal. You don't have to brag, but say, Hey, I'm learning from these people and, and they're doing, you know, 50 deals, a hundred deals a year, leverage the people that are around you. Same thing with a private lender. It's like, Hey, I, I got the paperwork. I understand how some of this stuff goes. Like you, maybe you're doing the challenge and you've got my promissory note and my, my mortgage or deed of trust or those things. And like, Hey, but we'll talk to the title company. They'll get it all sorted out. If you have questions and you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Just say, Hey, I'm not actually sure. Let me call my mentor. Let me, let me find out that answer and I'll get back to you. And, and people appreciate that. Like truly appreciate that. When I start pretending like I know what I'm talking about and I don't, it's very much, Hey, let me be honest with you. And if that turns them off, and they don't want to do a deal together, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually sent them to my attorney. I said, listen, he has to know, here's everything. I said, listen, he's the guy who wrote it. So I can explain it to you, but he can explain it way better. And yeah. on top of that, being that we deal with him, you know, because locally, there's a, you know, I'm in a group of people that do a lot around here. Um, so they know, you know, it's like usually the same attorneys, and you know, that are good. So they always bubble to the top. I said, listen, give the guy a call. Talk to me. You know, I have nothing to hide. So if he's the guy who made the note for me that I use, you could talk to him. And then if you want, ask him about the experience he's had with me on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, Ralph, we got to wrap this up. But what is like, what's another tip maybe that you that you would give that really helped you, whether it was in working with the lenders to make them feel comfortable or if it was something that you learned in the challenge or, or something, a video that you did, like what is something that you would give like a tool to someone who, um, who's like getting going in this or feels like they maybe can't do it? Like what are some of the things that, that really helped you? Okay. One of the things is always, you know, we always talk about what we can't do, right? We never try to say, okay, maybe I can do this. So it's always, listen, I ran 140 buildings in, in the city. I didn't know how to do that the day I walked through the door. You know, it's, it's a skill. Everybody can build a skill and do it. And be a lot, like I said, be in social media and be yourself. Talk to them. When I first did my first flip, I was with contractors walking through. And even though I had known from the building line before, I learned, right? So I wasn't the authority on it. And I didn't pretend to be and step on people that actually knew what they were doing. Right. So sometimes you got to sit back and be humble and take some advice from somebody, even though it's your project, it's your this. 
I know people bring people from the RIA that done deals before. You know, you I know you have the real you know your real estate association. You know, bring people in. Don't be afraid to take advice from somebody from the outside. Don't be afraid to be wrong. You know, if you're doing it and you the only way you're gonna learn is by doing it wrong sometimes. You know, that that's probably one of the best things. You make go out there and make your mistakes, try to minimize them, but don't try to people know if you're full of crap. They do. And if you try to bully them, and because I in New York, that unfortunately, that's a lot of the way, you know, people try to push. But I, I mean, for me, what worked is I was honest. I was like, oh, you know, this doesn't sound, you know, somebody told me something didn't sound, I said, eh, you know, then questions, hey, this don't sound right. You know, and then you go through it. But just be yourself, be vulnerable. And don't, if you're not the authority on something, you, you may be the lead person there. But leaders always listen to their troops. Right. You got to find out what's going on, what the noise is behind you. And and sometimes you got to follow it. Sometimes, they, you know, the people who are doing it every day know better than you, you know, and just sit back and, and, and take that in, you know, and use it. And then I think the, so, the social media thing and just listening to the people around you sometimes and being honest, I, I think that's that's a combination because that's one thing. I don't want to trade who I am for a couple of bucks for me at the end of the day. I don't owe anybody anything as far as why I should lie to somebody. You know, me being me is, is more important than me lying to somebody or me being able to get a couple of dollars from somebody that at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. In five years from now, who's going to care? Yep. I love it. Um, all right. What, is there anything that you need right now? Or I, I usually give people at the end a chance to kind of uh, promote themselves a little bit, how people can reach out to you, any of that stuff. So is there anything that, that you need or our community can help you with? Um, um, right now? On the, I think on the screen, you have my uh, email address for alpha2rproperty.com. You can reach out to me. Um, I'm in the New York area, always looking to borrow more money because I can always, I've been lucky enough to have more projects come down the line. And I think there's going to be some more opportunity coming up. And any wholesalers in uh, in the New York area, Long Island, Suffolk County area, contact me. I'm always looking, always willing. And if I can't take it down, I probably got somebody who can. Nice. Uh, Ralph at 2rproperty.com. Uh, check him out. Uh, Ralph, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it was no, a lot of fun. You. I think um, I hope that you gave people a lot of like clarity and vision on where they go. Um, if you guys want to check out the 500K Challenge, it's just that website, 500kchallenge.com. Uh, would love to have you guys. We've had a couple hundred investors go through it. And it's. It, I still think to this day, it's probably one of my favorite things that I've ever put together. Um, even when I went through it before the uh, uh, Flip Hacking Live event, I thought I was going to change a whole bunch of stuff. And I watched every single video. And the only thing I did was move one of the videos from day 11 to day three. Like, honestly, everything else, I was like, I could not do any better today than I did a couple years ago. My video and lighting and background might look better, but the content is just, it's strong. I'm, I'm very proud of it and, and I love it. And anybody who actually does like the 30 days of videos, the assignments, all that stuff, it's very rare that somebody does all of it. Like right. they might start the videos and then be like, oh man, I, I missed a couple videos or I didn't do these homeworks. I like, there's a lot more gold underneath the surface. You're just scratching the surface with those videos. So if you've done it in the past, you have lifetime access to it. Just go back and, and watch the videos again and look at it because there's a lot of other stuff in there that you yeah. probably missed. So it is, like you said, the underlying thing, you know, the underlying, everything under the surface is really where the gold is. I mean, the comfort of going out on social media and going live sometimes I didn't get cell, cell service. So it was a little frustrating, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of gold in that. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Ralph. Thanks for being here with us, everybody. I will see you guys on the next show. Bye.